0: And all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday. I hope you're all doing well too. I'm doing sort of well. It's been an interesting week with 4th of July and all that. Got a birthday party to go to today and we'll see how that goes. I've been looking through the 1E DMG again. Surprise, surprise. I was thinking about the subclasses and how people either like them or hate them. Mostly like. I like a good subclass. When I started D&D, my first character, second character, first character died real fast. He was a magic user, but I didn't expect much out of him. But the second character was a ranger. And I had a lot of fun with him because to me, Rangers, this is before I knew about, I never read Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or anything, but i always thought of him. The first thing I think of was Rangers Robin Hood. So I was like, okay, cool. Out there living in the woods, let's go do it. And I spent a lot of time with that character. It's Humphrey the Flail. He was a very good character. It was a lot of fun. Now, some people are like, oh, you should have just the four the four classes. You know, magic user, fighter, cleric, and thief. And it's like, well, that's all well and good, but if you remember in original D&D, the thief wasn't even there. He didn't come in until another supplement. I believe Greyhawk brought the thief in. And then he sort of became part of the party, part of canon, as they say. So, you know, that's... That doesn't hold much weight with me. There's not much water with carry much water. Whatever, however the saying goes, but I have no problem with subclasses as long as they're as long as they're reasonable. Now you know how I feel about too much chrome, too much, too many crunchy bits. And as far as class abilities go, they should be something meaningful. Okay, a dwarf can detect slopes and passages. Well, that's nice, I guess, but you know, if he can tell me what this jewel is worth, he'd be even better. He'd be even better. Plus he's in the front ranks and he has infravision, dark vision, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, that that's that's a meaning that means something to me. I'm talking about back when race's class was something. But once you got it, broke out the race and the classes separately, you've got subclasses, which I think is pretty cool. I play my share of subclasses. I'm playing one right now in Astonishing Swordsman, which has an astonishing 26 subclasses. And I always think they should link back to the four main classes, which they do. Sometimes in weird ways. Astonishing Swordsman has a monk that's related to the cleric class. Very interesting. So, you have that, too. And if you're going to play a subclass, play it. You know, don't. I mean, don't get obnoxious about it. Don't. Oh my God, I'm I'm a I'm a hot and hot ranger. So you know, pay attention to me and that kind of thing. Well, that was a little bit of a ramble, wasn't it? <laughs> but if you know, you know what I mean. I think subclasses can be just as effective as regular classes if they're written right and they're played right. You really. I like it because it gets me a little bit more involved in the world. If I'm a plain vanilla fighter, that's one thing. But if I'm a paladin, okay, I've got a bit more purpose in the world. I follow a deity and I have to uphold a certain level of, I let's say professionalism out there in the world. And to me, that's more, that's richer, to being richer in the world, more connected to the world and good role-playing. Good role-playing. So, uh, subclasses, I have no problem with them. And I don't think they they do any harm, to tell you the truth. I've played with them, i play with them. Right now, I'm playing an illusionist. Not a gnome illusionist, because this is an astonishing sword, and There's and no, there are no demihumans. But I'm playing an illusionist and I'm having the time of my life. A third level illusionist, I got three whole spells, and boy, do I put them to work for me. And I'm not above, you know, having to run up and crack a few heads with my quarter staff if I have to. Because I always think magic users should always be prepared to go one on one with something if they have to. I know it's. You know, like that little atmosphere around here from the courtesy of the dogs. <laughs> so as I was saying, subclasses. Subclasses, play them, love them. And if you guys have any interesting subclasses, see, I like the subclasses in the book. Okay, I am a little kind of funny that way. I mean, some people some people want to try a different Well, that's more like race. But some people have come up with different classes. Like if you go into the second edition, you've got kits and things like that. But I'm talking subclasses here. Some people have come up with their own. And, you know, more power to them, but I don't really. Whatever's in the book is fine with me. If you guys got any interesting subclasses or ways ways you've done subclasses, why don't you drop me a line? Because I'm going to go start my day, and I'd like to hear from you guys. Uh, drop me a line at oldmangrognard@gmail.com, gmail.com, or if you want to talk about it on Anchor, you can drop me a voicemail there. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help me help, help this program out, help me support this program. <laughs> I thank you. and uh, Thank you to my supporters, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Mark, and Juan Carlos. You guys are great. And don't forget Mark C. Wallring's podcast, The Yawning Owl Bear. So, we have a few hours also to go with the Dungeons & Delvers Red Box Kickstarter. So, check it out at kickstarter.com. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. okay folks, until I see you next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com.